Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hey everybody, it's Lloyd Spence and I am excited about where we are headed as we're getting closer and closer to the NBA playoffs and man, you can tell things are heating up. So now I got to get in position. I got to get you in position to get you over to betonline.ag. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds, and it's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. So head to the website, betonline.ag, or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your, wait for it, 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. So get on over there to betonline.ag, betonline.ag, your online sports book experts. Come on, man. Tell them the noisemaker sent you. Man, I wish I could get back to fishing on the weekends back like I did back in the day when I was a wee lad. But I can't, man. The time is... Okay, let me just be honest. I can't find the right stuff. I don't know the right baits to go get for Texas. But I'm glad our new sponsor, Monster Bass, is the fun and affordable way to get the best new baits from the fishing industry's top brands delivered to my doorstep each month. Premium subscription fishing company that handpicks the best baits based on where I live and where you live and fish. No more guessing on which baits are going to work. Just leave it to the pros at Monsters Bass. They know what to do. Basically, it's like having your own personal fishing guide. It's changing the way bass fishermen shop for baits. They're quickly becoming the number one fishing brand of anglers everywhere. They got the best baits from the best brands, and you're covered by the industry's best customer service. So, if you want to catch a bigger bass this season, head on over to Monsters Bass dot com and use the code ACC10 to get $10 off your first box. That's monstersbass.com. Use the code ACC10 to get $10 off your first box. Sign up for Monsters Bass now. Tell them your boy Lloyd Spence sent you. Popcorn World.
Street TV and Burning Hall of Famer Kendrick Haskins. And Mr. Talking Noise himself, and of course, Mama Noise, Lloyd Smith. And now, it's time for Believe in the ACC. Well, when you do shows like today, it, it doesn't take a lot uh, to get it going. It doesn't take a lot to build it. You you have legends in the building everywhere. I'm just happy that I have more than one legend in the building today. Because normally I'm just, I just have Charlie Ward and that's it. Today I get another legend in the south end of Louisville's greatest contribution, wow. Mr. <laughs> Coach Scotty Davenport, ladies and gentlemen. Joins us on the show. How you doing, Coach? That might be the greatest introduction I've ever had in my life. There you go. There you go. <laughs> we are off to a good start. How you feeling today, Coach? I'm great. I, I am. I am. I mean, you know, things. I think it just took it took some reality check to to know we're back and, and things to see people smiling, see people yeah. having a good time. We saw it at the Kentucky Derby. Uh, we saw it at the PGA. You know, we're seeing it in the NBA playoffs. I, I don't – Coach Ward, I don't want to put him on the spot, but I was watching that Knicks game the other night, and I know the ending was tough. But that atmosphere was pretty good. Oh, that was wonderful. Where you at, Charlie? Let's see. Here we go. Go ahead, Charlie. Uh, I said definitely brought back memories. Um, I, I mean, I was watching it from afar, and I just kind of felt the, the uh, energy uh, in, the, in, the, in the building as well. Yeah. I mean when, that that D fifty yeah. chant in, in Madison Square Garden has to be the best anyway. Yeah, and the organ. <laughs> <laughs> when when you when you let's start there then you you just coach through a pandemic and a division switch. Yeah. <laughs> so you gotta tell us what is the secret of coaching in a pandemic while switching divisions? Well, you know, it's one thing to make a, one of the most difficult transitions in sports. You're going from Division Two to Division One, playing at, at places like Duke and Notre Dame, and you, you're scheduled to play at Gonzaga and UCLA, and you're, you're going, well, let, let's do that during a, a world pandemic, too. Let's just throw that in there to challenge yourself a little wow. bit. But to answer your question, Lloyd, the way, the way you do it is, is you put the players first at all costs. Wow. Put the players first. I don't. I understand you may not be able to go to a restaurant, and if you got to bring it in on the road, you bring it in better. You 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 do creative things to put the players first. Um, you know, and, and that experience because at the end of the day, as the pandemic grew, who did they have? They had each other. Yeah. I mean, they had each other. And I, I tell this story to bring to light what you said. And, and Coach Ward, I'm not, I'm not picking on one of your neighbors down there, but we played a very good Stetson team in late January. Uh, if we win this game, we, we played our conference game, same opponent, Friday, 7 o'clock, Saturday, 5 o'clock. Two games, 22 hours. We win a hard fall game at home on Saturday night, got them back in Freedom Hall on, on, on Friday night on Saturday. Um, we're down 
We're down 20 points even with 19 to go. We're down 20. You know, you won a hard fall game tonight before you thought, well, maybe. But you're playing for first place in the league and you're pick last. Preseason, you're pick last. You're playing now for first. Yeah. Night, we're 20, um, 19 to go. We win the game by 11. Oh, wow. Wow. And you're walking up that, that historic ramp in Freedom Hall, and, and it's a long walk, and you're thinking, what did I just – what did I just see? <laughs> Going there, and the coach is stressing our, our offices to the left, the players to the right. Now, this, this locker room was one where uh, University Louisville's played for years, Kentucky's played there, Indiana's played mm-hmm. there. Six Final Fours, the Kentucky Colonels in the ABA. They're in that same locker room. I can hear them. You go from 20 down to win by 11, and I just let them go. My SID ran, John Spignardi ran into the office. He goes, Coach, he goes, Coach, you're not going to believe this. We And he's handed me a stat sheet. He goes, we were 21 for 25 the second half. <laughs> Wow. I'm like, I'm like, oh my God. And I just let them go because they were celebrating each other. Yeah. So I just let them roar in there. Nobody yeah. grabbed their jersey like I did. The, <clears throat> it, it was, you were this, or man, way to do it. So he runs back in again. I'm still letting them just, just have their time. And he, and he goes, Coach, he said, I just looked it up. The greatest half of basketball I can find percentage-wise, 1979, North Carolina, Virginia, they were 16 for 17, no three-point shot, no uh, no shot clock. Yeah. And he said, and I said, well, what about Villanova, Georgetown, the game in the, in the championship game in the Rupp Arena? He goes, right. no, no, they shot 81-3. He goes, we just shot, we just shot 84%. <laughs> I just let them go. I walk in there. I'm thinking, we outscored them 31. You know, we just shot 84%. He grabs me right as I enter the door, and he goes, Coach, (laughs) I just looked something else up. He said, from the 10.02 mark to go, we didn't miss a shot. (laughs) Now I'm going to walk in. Now, you know, Lloyd and Kendrick and Coach Ward, my respect for you and because, I mean, you did it in multiple sports, and there may never, it probably will never happen again. But they were celebrating each other, and I'm thinking to myself, so they're 17, 18 to 22 years old. It's 7 o'clock on a Saturday night. First place in the league, transition Division One. just came off a miraculous win. It's 7 o'clock on a Saturday night. Man, it's going to be a pretty good night if you're 18. To <laughs> I got to go tell them. I've got to go tell them. Yeah. They got to go back to campus and lock They got to go back. To, yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 That's rough. That's rough. Right, that's, uh, and I mean, I felt like the – go ahead. Oh, no. I was just saying that, that sounds like my life, though. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm not saying – I mean, I felt guilty. Yeah, yeah. Kendrick and uh, talking Noah's probably would have had a party, regardless of what you said. As <laughs> no, no question I, about I, it. I, I, I'd have been that guy that went back to the room and said, "Okay, 
I'm just just saying. Kendrick and I would have ordered well, pizza know, it, and but, drinks to the room to the locker room, and we just would have right. stayed there. <laughs> and, and I, right, I would have had hymnals. What are you talking about? <laughs> I mean, I, I'm in there, and I'm like, I, I can't. How am I going to go in there as great as they feel? Yeah, so yeah. I go in there and we we talk, and then I said, "All right, guys, in the last four minutes, you know, I'm talking about you got locked down." It's seven o'clock. You can't go out to dinner with your family. Wow. They're not tier one. You can't go out with your family. Wow. So I go, I, you know, we all go home. And my wife's out of town. I literally came to an empty house. We have a an incredible couple in this community named Dr. and Mrs. Sin, Dr. and Mrs. Mark Lynn. They built our locker room and there's four areas of our locker room. There's a beautiful video area with like a 98 inch screen. And then there's a, a reception area with a 65 and a refueling area with a 65. And then the player's dressing area. It's unbelievable. And at nine 30, my phone rings. And it's my son. Who's my assistant. It's one of my assistants. And I answered the phone. He goes, dad, you're not going to believe this. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, you want to say and I said, what? And he lives less than a half mile from our front door of our, our gym. And he calls me. He goes, I just walked out of Knights Hall. They're all in the locker room. I said, what? He goes, they're all in the locker room. I said, Doug, it's okay. Let's bring them food in. He goes, no, Dad, we got all the food in there from all the refueling area. There's an MMA bout on at 10. And they're all in there. I said, Doug, they can't have girl. He goes, Dad, there's nobody in there but our team. Oh, that's I said, Doug, so cool. they can't be in there. There can't be any. No. He said, Dad, there, there's there's the protein shakes. There's the smoothies we make. They're in there on a Saturday night. Because who did they have? Each other. Each other. Yeah. Oh. First of all, we're off to a really good start. <laughs> this is a, great, this is a <laughs> fantastic know, story. It was tough. I mean, that's a tough deal. Wow. That's how you do it. That's, Charlie is taking notes as we speak. <laughs> I, I I know with that type of discipline, you had, one, a uh, very good culture. Um, you've, you know, you brought in some very quality guys because of that, just that discipline. Hopefully, they're older. You had a good mix of sound like you had a good mix. You said 20, 18 to 22, which meant that you had a good mix of uh, players. Yeah. Because uh, if they were all 18 or 19, you might have had a different uh, outcome or story. <laughs> um, but, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm always a big um, proponent of just being able to have that top down leadership uh, when it comes to your team, because that's the only way you can build culture. Uh, when you have a bunch of young guys trying to figure it out, um, at some point they will grow old, uh, but they're going to make mistakes and do things differently um, at 18 and 19. But when you have a good mix of, uh, of uh, leadership, uh, leaders on your team uh, from top to bottom, that's the way I was raised at Florida State. You know, a lot of times people say, well, what was the difference between you guys? Well, we just had great leaders. So when the young talent came in, they didn't actually have to play uh, right away. They could learn from the, the older guys and all the things that they had been taught through their years. 
They're just teaching it to us. And it was just that cycle that we kept going through. And that's the way we were able to sustain it for quite some time. Of course, you have to have talent, but it's just that top-down leadership uh, that you have to have if you're going to have a successful uh, year or, I mean, and a successful uh, team making good decisions. I'll just say that. You know, you know, Coach Ward, I, I'm going to tell you this. Uh, I'm the one taking notes now. Don't don't kid yourself. I'm taking notes. It's amazing. I get asked. I, I gave a corporate talk here Tuesday, and I was asked, said, Coach, you know, you came to Bellarmine in 05. They had won nine games. In six years, you won a national championship, and you went to four Final Fours. Now you're Division One, and you're doing this and that. And I think the guy wanted me, he goes, how does that? I think he wanted me to say that, oh, we watch film to our eyeballs fall out or we we spend this many hours in the gym or we run this. Now, you know, the greatest recruiters, there's one answer that trumps everything. The greatest recruiters in our program, it's our players. It's our, it's our players. You you talk about a Florida State. Why would, why would someone not want to go play with Charlie Ward? That, that's why we want they our players are the greatest recruiters in our program. You know, if you have five lawyers, the, the next the sixth greatest attorney wants to join that team. And that's yeah. that's what's happened. I mean, and then when they're after they're a freshman, they're they're recruiting the next great class. It, it's it's. Uh, but, you know, I think the biggest thing what you said is our goals come from within. If our coaches establish all the goals, GPA, you know, we've had 32 straight semesters. We've never had under a 3-0 as a team, ever. Wow. You want to be on that first team not to make one? (laughs) (laughs) Those goals now now come from within, Not, not us. I mean, we've graduated 60 out of 63 guys. Wow. You you want to be that you want to be that guy? Well, coach, I'll I'll say this. I guess at Bellarmine, you 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 got to be academic, all right? <laughs> yeah, but, but yeah, but it's not. I mean, you know, I think school is learning how to be a a college student and being organized and just you know, like I buy two hundred two pocket folders at the start of every semester. I go to well, Office Depot. I buy 200 two pocket folders every semester and everybody gets one for every class. I don't care if you've got a 4-0, you don't need to be organized. <laughs> Left side goes the syllabus, right side goes every graded work, every graded quiz, paper, exam, whatever it is. And if I asked you, if I asked you, how are you doing in that psychology class? Oh, I'm doing okay. Well, sure you are. <laughs> show me, show me. I want to see it. Right. That, just that's what we do. Wow. But now I like you're I like go it, ahead. Coach. What? I say I like it. to <laughs> <laughs> be my deal next year. No, and, and, you know, but you know, I, I, it's a young man that Kendrick took a, a big liking to here. They both went to the same school. This young man's father had been incarcerated. His mother at times worked three jobs. He earned a scholarship as a junior. He was captain of our team as a senior. 
And he, it was hard for him. And I said, look, if you got to go to the resource center eight hours a week and somebody else has to go two hours, I don't care. I don't care. But you, I owe it to you. I would make him come in with his folder and present it to me. Like he was doing an interview for a job. He'd have to open it up and say, coach, here's where we are today. And here's where, where I was last week. And here's my quiz. I was trying to teach him about an interview. He now works for AT&T. Wow. And the amazing thing about him, and, and you know what? I will say this to all of you all. When this is all over, one of the highlights of my life, at Bellarmine, if your son or daughter goes to Bellarmine and they graduate, you go on the stage with the president and you present their diploma. Well, I wrote a letter a month before graduation. This young man we're talking about named Michael Parrish. I gave him his diploma with his with the president. Oh wow. That's why you coach right there. I you you can't be struggling to get players. It's it that just seems <laughs> ridiculous. I mean well, somebody that sits with you for five minutes has no, to be like, Oh yeah, I'm going to Bellarmine. <laughs> <laughs> Say that again, coach. Basketball of the state of Kentucky. <laughs> we signed Mr. Basketball out of the state of Kentucky. He went to Belmont. Wow. State, and we we're under the the transition where we're not eligible for the NCAA tournament. Hopefully, just one more year. We got him for one reason, one reason only. He had two brothers that both are Division One basketball players. He's from Lexington, Kentucky. His name's Ben Johnson. Mm-hmm. His two brothers were Division I players, and they were playing with bad, bad teammates. Mm-hmm. They were playing with jerks. And he wanted to play with a bunch of great guys. And, and because he's an hour away, he started coming to games early on. His family started coming to games. And in January in his junior year, he came out of the locker room after a game and said, Coach, I need to talk to you. I'm committed to Bellman right now. I said, whoa, 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 wait a minute, man. Let me, Let me get our guys up and tell them. I'm going on Twitter, man. I'm coming to – and his mom and dad were in tears. Wow. And that's as a junior. As a senior, he's Mr. Basketball in the state of Kentucky. And, and Charlie Ward knows the, the list of Mr. Basketballs in the state of Kentucky. We're talking about Allen Houston's and Rex Chapman's and Daryl Griffiths and – Wes Ansel's and on and on and on. Yeah. So Al was a Mr. Basketball in Kentucky? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Come on, man. He, Alan was. I don't know the, who this Al character is. Yeah, I don't know this Al thing that you're doing. That's, that's, I, I didn't know Al was a... I'm, listen, Charlie, we got guests, so we're not going to, you know, we're not going to take you through our normal procedures when you do the Al thing. <laughs> but I, I, we got a guest. Mr. Basketball? I I, I, this is the reason why Al was Mr. Basketball right here. <laughs> this is the guy that coached hey, him to. Charlie Ward, I want you to get on. You can get on Al, Allen. You can call him Mr. Big, anything you want to call him. So during the pandemic, a couple times a week, we were doing unbelievable things with our guys, keep them all connected. So Allen one night, and he and I had set up, he crashed our team Zoom. He crashed it right from his house, sitting at his at his desk, got his bookcase behind him. It looks like you sit there. <laughs> I 
we as we we went about an hour and a half and he was just he was he was incredible he was incredible as a as a player as a teammate as a father as a student and he just i just let him go with him so when it was over i said guys we're going to zoom tomorrow night and i want you all to spend the next day going to youtube go everywhere you can find i want you to research who just talked to you yeah. you know a couple of them were from louisville they knew but they're at they didn't know yeah and the next night we zoomed and i mean they were coming with they were coming with the heavy 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 material man they were just blowing <laughs> him up alan man, you did this and alan you played so then finally one of them uh, an unbelievable kid a kid named dylan penn single mom he's going to be a teacher he's a he's a He's the only ambidextrous, truly ambidextrous kid I've ever coached in my whole life. Oh, and wow. Kendrick did a story. No, he's right hand, left hand. Wow. So Kendrick, he shoots, he can shoot threes with his left hand. That's crazy. <laughs> so at the end, at the end of this Zoom with the team the next day, he goes, Coach, I got to tell you something about Alan. I said, What, what, Dylan? And I thought he was going to say, you know, Alan graduated four years, honor student. He goes, He said, Coach, he said, a few years ago, Alan put his house up for sale. You know what he was asking? And, that's <laughs> <laughs> and I said, Dylan, don't be saying that. He goes, no, oh, Coach, man. I'm Hilarious. I'm proud of the listing. So, <laughs> you know, it, it's funny, though. That's hilarious. It, it was. The, these kids are, you know, the, the question about us, do we have any trouble recruiting? The players recruit. But we're playing in a, in a town, in a city that is a college sports town. I mean, oh, yes. Yeah. I mean, that's what it is. Um, and you know, what's happening here, a lot of it's divided between UK and U of L. I mean, there's people getting fights in their offices about UK, U of L, but you know, they can get in a fight at their, in their office at the water cooler. I don't care. They can go to Bellarmine and game at night and they can both cheer for us and drink a beer together. They can come to a game like us, we don't right, right. I man, this is exciting to know that you guys are moved into Division One, and 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 more specifically, and I'll I'll be a little more direct in this statement. I'm excited for you specifically because I've had the honor and the pleasure of watching you maturate over the years, and it's been a joy. And you you're a Louisville lifer. It's like you you are the what our city is it's 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 hard work it's nose to the grindstone it's stay the course it's uh, loyalty it's you embody everything that louisville is so it's been a joy to watch you ascend uh, to this place well you know I, I halloween day when i was nine years old now you know you you all we all think back when you're nine halloween's a pretty good day and it's a Sunday, no less. I mean, so that's, that's a pretty good day, man. We're, we're planning all day. We're going to have a big day. And my, my father drops dead 15 feet from me of a heart attack. Mm. And, you know, I'm asked a lot of times, how, how did you become a coach? Well, coaching found me. Uh, I didn't grow up on the best end of town. I grew up to give you all a reference point, Charlie, you've heard of Churchill Downs. I grew up on the same street Churchill Downs located. That's that was in my backyard. It's right there, Central Avenue. Mm -hmm. And 
when I made the ninth grade basketball team as an eighth grader, our coach mates were at town the day of the game. Well, my mom was from a rural area, Greene County, Kentucky. She had a sixth grade education because she lived, went to a one room schoolhouse. So it's a little vague about what grade you're really in, but she ran her own successful business for 43 years. Wow. So who's where, how am I going to learn to tie a tie? Well, what did she buy me? One of those clip-on ties. Y'all are too young. Y'all don't even remember. Well, you're not going to wear a clip-on tie because what are they going to do to it in junior high? They're going to yank it off of it. Right, right, right. No, that, they may be too young, but I'm not too young. Coach. I remember. No, we, we're all in the clip-on tie area. No. Who do who you, who you think, who taught me how to tie a tie? My mom went and bought me a tie. So my, my junior high coach, because I went to junior high, not middle school, it was seven, eight, nine. I'd go into his classroom before school, way or real early, so nobody'd see it. And he'd tie my tie. And then he eventually taught me how to tie a tie. Then I, you know, I get in high school and I, I make the varsity and I'm playing and my coach goes, I never get on a Thursday during football. He says to me, he says, uh, I want you to meet me in the stadium at 10 o'clock Saturday morning. I didn't play football, and I'm thinking, is he going to run me? Did I, did I? Is he going to run me on the track? What? Like, what did I do? He says, <laughs> I'm going to help you and your mom out. I'm going to help mom out. You just meet. He shows up in a pickup truck, two metal garbage cans. He didn't have a, not a, a, a plastic bag, not a paper bag, not a stick with a nail on it, not a blower, not a rake. He says, you're younger than me. He says, you you take underneath and I'll take the track and we clean the stadium from the night four, piece by piece by piece by piece. And then on Friday, he pays me, says, now you take us home to mom. So coaching found me through, through these incredible individuals. The high school coach I just met, passed away two and a half years ago. Mm. And I went to his visitation on a Friday and he had requested no flyers. He wanted shoes for kids because wow. when he quit coaching and teaching and, and Lloyd, you'll understand this. He taught at J town. He taught at Iroquois. He taught at Eastern. He started clothing drives for kids all over the community. And he would call me and said, he said, Scotty, I need some big size shoes when your players get through with them because I know they're in good shape. Well, that went from our players to our women's players at Bellarmine to the men at UofL to the women at UofL. The last time I know I took them out to him, I had to borrow a pickup truck because the bed of the pickup truck was full of shoes for kids. So at his wow. visitation, he said, I want, sh I want shoes for kids. So everybody... Now, he, you know, he taught for 40 years, so all these students of his, because he was a real dynamic guy, they went to these places that had two for one, three for one. They're all coming in there with stacks of shoes. Wow. So I went to his visitation. I had to race to Cincinnati recruiting that night. I came back the next morning. I was a pallbearer. And I, on Monday morning, I was blown away. I called the funeral. I said, how many pairs? They said, there's 253 pairs of shoes. I said, where That's are they? And Kendrick, I don't even know if you know this. They're on their way to Rangeland Elementary, which is in a community here called Newburgh. Yeah. Boy, you'll know where it is. Yeah. And he said, 
those kids went to shoot school that day not knowing they're going to go home that afternoon with a brand new pair of shoes because of my high school coach. Wow. And when I'm gone, that's all I want to do. Because coaching found me, and, and that's what he taught us. So, so these young people, we have a chance. We're going to be okay. Look, there's a lot of negativity, man. Yeah. With the social unrest, with the pandemic, man, there's negativity. We're going to be okay. We are. Those 18 to 22-year-olds in that locker room, they're going to be okay. If y'all could look to the left of me right now, and I'm not there going to show you, I've got one <laughs> grandchild. She's two and a half years old. Her name's Wren. And I tell our players all the time, you know, she needs them. So they're we're going to be okay. Like I got a kid's going to be a coach. I got another kid's going to be a teacher. I mentioned Dylan Penn's going to be a teacher. His mom's a teacher. We're going to be okay yeah. because history tells us we're going to be okay. We've been through this, man. We're going to be okay. Now I'm embarrassed by it personally. All this stuff going on, I'm embarrassed. Mm. I am because I see what can go on in that locker room. And I asked myself, I said, why can't we do this? Well, we can't. We can't. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Lloyd, uh, I, where you lived, I took kids home. I picked kids up every day. Yeah, yeah. Greg, Charlie, you had a question? Yeah, Coach Scotty, I'm, I get this question asked of me, uh, to me, a lot, uh, just from different people, uh, because they always expect that you want to do something different uh, because of where you've been and all those types of things. And so I'm just curious to know, I'm going to ask you, since I get asked all the time, uh, with your success at Bellarmine um, and the type of coaches, the people that you've coached, players that you've coached, and just your temperament in general, I'm sure you've gotten quite a few uh, offers to coach in, at a higher rank and a higher rank. And I'm just curious to know, like, why you haven't, like, gone to a higher rank. I know Bellarmine's going to Division One. However, it's not a Louisville, um, it's not a Kentucky, um, or, or you know, those ranks. Because if I, I mean, it, with your, um, the way you are, I'll just say that, uh, it seems like you should be coaching at one of those. Spots. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. I, I, I can. I That's can, a phenomenal question. I, I'm going to answer it like this. Okay. Um, when I, I took the job at Bellarmine, yeah, though I had those aspirations. I mean, every coach does. And I don't think anybody would ever question my love for the University of Louisville. I had two degrees, 36 hours over my master's there, and uh, coached under two Hall of Fame coaches and Coach Crum and Coach Patino. Uh, now there's no question. But when I got to Bellarmine, and in five years, you know, we, we won a national championship, and then we go to four Final Fours. Uh, I had offers. There was one, I already had a staff assembled because when I was going to be announced, I was going to introduce the staff so I didn't have to take a lot of requests. You know, already I had a plan. So they were going to introduce me and I was going to say, and here's my staff and off we go. We weren't going to waste any time doing that. But here's where the revelation hit me. Their goal, if you had a one 
your conference and gone to the NCAA tournament one out of every four years, they were going to be satisfied. If you had a Lord help you, if you'd won an NCAA tournament game, they would have named the street after you. <laughs> was I going to be okay with that when we had won a national championship and we were, you know, top four and five in the country every year? And I thought, no. But now, then, should I take that job then to take the next job? And my athletic director had been hired one year before he hired me. Uh, my wife had a great role. She said, you know, are you going to be happy where all they want you to do is just win a conference one out of every four years? And she goes, you can't, you lose two games and you're like a maniac. How are you? You can't. <laughs> so I had come to grips that my last breath on this earth, I would never know. Would it work the way, there's more than one way to be successful. That's the first yeah. lesson in coaching. There's more yeah. than one way to be successful. But was the way we are teaching and, and recruiting and playing the game, I'm going to go to my grave wondering, would that have ever happened at a Division One level? And then in January of 19, by he tells me, he says, Coach, we're going to go Division One. And then some things happen, and then we did it. And and I thought, let's find out. Yeah. Well, this past year, again, pandemic hits. We're playing these games. The one thing we hold our hat on, 11 straight years in Division Two, the last 11 years, we were in the top 10 in field goal percentage. Six of those years, we led the nation in, the, in field goal percentage. Everybody says, well, coach, you got a bunch of kids just standing there and shoot threes. Off. No, we don't. It's because we're very unselfish and we pass the ball. It's not shoot. It's the best shot. But anyway, so now we're going to Division One. So, well, you're going to find out. This past year, there's 358 Division One teams last year. Now, we'll take this panel right here. Three smart guys. Who you think led the nation in field goal percentage? Because they were pretty good. Gonzaga. If I, right. Baylor. Right? Yeah. You, you would think that. I'm not trying to put you on the spot. No, Gonzaga did. They did. Yeah. They led the nation. I mean, they should, look at their record. Yeah. 358 teams. They were undefeated. I mean, you know. They had to be doing something right. They had to be making some shots. Right. If you go on ESPN.com and you go to college basketball stats, number three is Bellarmine. Wow. First year in. We were number three in the nation in field goal percentage. Wow. So, you know, Charlie, you were in locker room your whole life. What do you think those kids in that locker room were like, man? <laughs> I'm going to get up 500 extra shots. Coach, I'm, I'm in. But it comes down just to shot selection and being unselfish. And, and that's yeah. kind of the way we play. So the last time out I'll ever take in my life, um, maybe I shouldn't say that. You never say, in all likelihood, I'll be at Bellarmine. But just think this. I know this. 
we won the first, this group won the first Division One game in the history of the school, the first Division One road game. We played in postseason, first time in the history. I mean, there's a lot of firsts, and we're not done yet. They're coming yeah. back a week from Sunday, and they can't wait to get back. <laughs> I had them on a Zoom the other night. It's it's unbelievable. I, I, look, I'm the luckiest guy in the world who's ever coached. Coach, you can point to say about Division One, Division Two, II, Division Three. Charlie played in the NBA. You know he knows NFL. He, he knows Heisman. He knows everything. I'll tell you this: men, women, freshmen, JV, varsity, Division One, Two, Three. I'm the luckiest guy that's ever coached. Coach, it looks like you're having the time of your life right now. Oh, there's no question. Hey, I get to go work every day. You know, you know, just think how good people would be at their job if every morning they say, I get to go versus I have to go. Right. Show me somebody loves your job. I'll show you somebody pretty good at their job. Show, show me somebody hates their job. I'll show you a miserable person. There's no doubt about it. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. we're going to recruit guys who love to play. You know, we had a big meeting. There's 1,600 in the transfer portal. I would love to hear Charlie Ward talk about it. I don't know his <laughs> sake, but 1,600. Do you realize, do you realize that's just under five per college basketball team? It's insane. Yeah. Because there's a lot of discontent kids. <laughs> I'm just saying, man. I mean, it's it's mind-boggling to me, but uh, like I said, I can appreciate your uh, willingness to, uh, as Frosty Westerland says, make the big time where you are. Yes. Where you're at. And and so I just think it's it's commendable. Um, I, like I said, I know there's opportunities, uh, but you've kind of count the cost and you've made uh, your situation better. Uh, by just your attitude, the work that you bring uh, to the game, uh, the culture. Uh, I mean, you say you're lucky and all those types of things. I think the kids that get an opportunity to play for you and also the staff, you know, to get an opportunity to coach under you, um, they're blessed by your presence, um, your, your the things that you brought to the table. I mean, this is not going to happen without your leadership. And so, you know, it's just it's a great blessing to be able to hear uh, your thoughts because you're very successful. And um, you're, I know you'll continue to be successful once you guys uh, hit the Division One market. Uh, but I just I just think it's commendable because in our well, day, it, it's, 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 it's ironic. It, it's ironic because we had a, a long staff meeting over the course of two or three days. You know, you've mentioned the word culture many, many times, which I appreciate. But I think when you have a plan and you have a program, that's the key. You have to have a plan. And a plan, by definition, means you have a program. And we have made a conscious decision. Oh, we've taken transfers. Uh, and, and very, very selective. We've got a kid right now, Sam DeVault from Austin P, But he played in high school with three of our former players. At same high school, Wright's Memorial over in Evansville. So there's there's these connections, but that, we're very selective. But our decision was, for us, again, more than one way to be successful. Players who won 
want to be abominable, to genuinely love and care about the guys they're playing with. Mm. One of my assistant coaches, my youngest assistant, is getting married June 26th. He's a former player. Three teammates are in his wedding, and every other teammate will be standing there in the congregation and mm. all his coaches. So we want them caring about the guys they're going to play with. And then the, the next two things, we want guys who, one, just want to be coached and that we want to coach. And that's our commitment. That's the way we're going to do it. Well, the highest level, Florida State football, Florida State basketball, Louisville, Kentucky, Duke, Carolina, UCLA. Yeah, I understand a lot of times talent will went out. I was at that level. But at our level, to be successful, this is the plan and the program we're going to implement in terms of the kind of people we want. Uh, you know, I, I gave this group a quiz the other day. I put them on the spot. People don't get it. And, you know, Charlie Ward just said about discontent, this blows me away. There's 460,000 NCAA athletes, men and women. Division one, two, and three. There's 460,000. And when we, when we talk about Zion Williamson or... Lamar Jackson or Charlie Ward, Alan Houston. We're just talking, and I can't get it on the camera. We're talking about a little minuscule number. So why should everyone else not take the passion, the discipline, and the attention to detail to be good in sports and not apply it for the next 45 years of your life? Yeah. But when we got them, I want it to be four of the greatest years of their life. That's college, man. I want it yeah. to be four of the greatest years of their life to yeah. prepare them for the next 45 years. Then yeah. we'll, we'll all be good. That's it. Awesome. Awesome. Now, listen, Coach, I'm going to get in so much trouble from so many different people if I do not ask you this question. So I have to ask you this question. Uh you gotta, you gotta, you gotta pick, coach. You gotta pick. I just thought. <laughs> I, I know it's like picking between two of your favorite kids, but or just to to save some face here, I'm gonna help you out. Tell us the difference, or is there a difference between those two teams? Yeah, there is. Watch this. I'm ready for this answer. <laughs> two of the greatest things. Two of the greatest things. I've ever done in my life as a coach, as a teacher, two of the greatest things I've ever done in my life is four years ago this fall, some of the Ballard guys and I are just ongoing talks. And, and Lloyd, you mentioned Eric Gath, right? Yeah. And he says, Coach, why don't you have the fellows over? So we, we planned this Friday in July. And we're going to have, no, excuse me, it was in the fall. We're on a Friday night, going to have all the players over. 
So my wife and I work and we got the house ready. I mean, I went and had DVDs made of the state championship game with the audio radio call laid over top of it to hand each one of them one so they could keep it forever. Wow. So we really work hard for this. Yeah, Kendrick Caskets, he helped me. So two weeks, <laughs> two, excuse me, two days before the, the party, Eric calls me and goes, Coach, man, we need a favor. Me and the fellow's been talking. And I said, what are, what are you talking about? He said, no girlfriends, no wives. I said, what? <laughs> he said, Coach, man, you got to send out a, a memo to say, your house isn't big enough. You you got to no girlfriends, no wives. I said, man, you make me and my wife look bad. He goes, <laughs> man, their wives or girlfriends, they didn't go to Ballard. They won't know anybody. Nine o'clock, they want to leave, and we want to stay. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds about right. They look bad. So I give in. I said, okay, I, I'll do it, man, but. Sharon's going to be bad. This is going to be a bad deal. So I said, I'll do it. He said, well, there's one other thing, coach. I said, what's that? He said, coach, now, we're 45, coach. We're grown men. We're not having orange slices and orange juice like half We've got to have a beverage. I said, I got a bar my house. He every game I ever coached at Bowder. I went to Paul Street Market and I bought oranges. And we cut them up. We had orange slices and half them. <laughs> I should have, I should have, should have, that's all I should have had. <laughs> so the next summer, we have the 2011 National Championship. Well, here was the difference. They all met their wives at Bell. <laughs> oh, wow. So they all knew each other and they're all there. That. I'll, I, I can't pick. I refuse. But I'll tell you, that answers my feelings. It's two of the greatest things I've yeah. ever done as a coach was having those guys. And now, now, Charlie, I've made three films already for Alan and two other Al and two other teammates who now turned fifty. Who now turned fifty? Wow. Wow. You know, but. But let me say this. Ballard had won a state championship in 1977. But I was, when I took the Ballard job, I was 29 years old. And we get to the state championship the first year. And the mm -hmm. second, get beaten overtime the second year we win it. Uh, and one of my players is the 17th of 17, Mark Bell. He had lost his dad and during that year. And I was given blood at a school blood drive. And they asked me, literally got me off the table, that I, they wanted, I had to get him out of class to tell him. They wanted me to tell him. Mm. And I had to take his three nephews, and I had to take them all home. So, and, you know, then you look at the, at the, the 2011 national championship team, you win a national championship and you're on the court a long time. They raise a banner, they present a, a ring or a watch and they give you the hat and the shirts. And then the press conference was way through this building and over 
Wilderness Convention Area in Springfield, Massachusetts. But but like in '88, I remember Mark Bell saying, "Coach, you had to tell me, but my dad was here tonight." The '11 National Championship team, Polly and I, are 15 minutes after the game, I come back from the press conference with one of our seniors, Justin Benedetti. He came to us six four, 115 pounds. As a senior, he's six seven, two fifteen. He's a grown man. Yeah. <laughs> and we get to the locker room, and he starts sobbing. And he grabs me, and he, he, I'm holding him. I'm squeezed. I said, JB, you're okay. He says, Coach, I, I can't go in the locker room. And, he, and he's like, Coach, I can't, I can't do it. I said, JB, come on, man. You're okay. We've always had a, a philosophy in our program that as we get into postseason play, you never want to take that jersey off for that last time. And you never want to play that last game with that group of teammates, be it a freshman, sophomore, or junior. So we got to the locker room, and JB, he said, I can't go in and take my lock, my shirt, my jersey off, coach. I can't go do it. And I'm telling him he's a national champion. You got to <laughs> do this, man. You won a national championship. So, wow. you know, when I look at those teams, I look at those individuals. That is the most powerful thing in the world is when everybody wants the same thing and they're willing to do whatever it takes to get it. That's powerful. Oh, my goodness. And now if we can get it outside of that locker room and get it yeah. into our families and our neighborhoods and our communities, hey, we're all going to be – my little Wren, my little granddaughter I was talking about, my little Wren, she's <laughs> yeah. going to be a lot better. Yeah, man. That's awesome. That is incredible. Coach, I could do this all day long. This is incredible. Uh, this is one of the best interviews I've ever had the pleasure of doing. I've interviewed <laughs> a lot of people, but this is – I could do this all day long. I want to grab a, a, a glass of Pinot uh, for Charlie would be sparkling grape juice. But <laughs> but just sit and listen to this all day long. It's incredible. Charlie part perked up and you mentioned orange slices. He did. He did. He got really excited. I have to admit. That's, you know, that's... You know I, I'll say, I'll tell you, I, first of all, thank you all. I've had more fun anybody on this. I have. I, I'll you know, I told you my mother come from very humble beginnings. And, you know, right where she passed away, 11 years ago, she said, she said, you know, if you really keep working hard, she said, just think. She goes, you really keep working hard. She goes, you might get a real job, make something out of yourself. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I, I sit here wow. before you. I've wow. never had a job. I've had an advocation. Mm. I've been an advocate of those young people that I'm able to coach and teach every day. A job would be a vocation by definition. It'd be a vocation. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I've never had a job, man. And she yeah. said, she goes, if you just keep working hard, you might get a job, make some of yourself one of these days. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I keep trying. Every day, I just try. <laughs> Go ahead, Charlie. I have uh, one one last question. Um, as a high school coach, uh, I was a player when I won my championship, but I haven't come close to winning in the form of a state championship. I mean, I won a district and those types of things in basketball. But I'm just curious to know, um, you know, what 
does it take, and you've been successful, you won high school championships, state championships, you won college, national championships. What, what does it take uh, to be able to sustain uh, that type of success long-term, but also, you know, as far as a team? Um, I know it's probably something you've built up to, but what are some of the characteristics in a team that wins a state championship? Well, I, I think a mentality that you want your teammate to be successful on and off the court as bad as you want yourself to be successful. You have to be selfless. Like we've got, we have a player at Bellum right now who's making excess over, he's making over a million dollars in Germany. Mm. He was our third leading scorer on a division two team. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But he he absolutely embraced that idea that I want that it was genuine. It wasn't just talk. It was it was legit. I want that guy to have his best game as bad as I want to have my own best game. So I'm willing to help him in any way I can help him. Mm. And, and, and in our locker room, I mentioned, you know, it's really powerful when people celebrate each other. We all see games now where they get, where they get in front of a camera and grab that Jersey. Look at me. And they, they swell up. What about the guy who makes the pass? And the kid scores, but the kid's going out of his way to celebrate the passer. The guy who wow. takes and puts his body out there and draws that charge. And four teammates sprint, sprint, and pick him up off that floor. Mm -hmm. See, that that's where I think we just stress it. I say this in humility. I think of Coach Crum and Coach Patino came to watch our practice to June the 7th. It's our first day. I mean, they would laugh at me. Not not to my face. They would get their <laughs> and say, I can't believe he does some of those things. But we put those guys first every day. I want them to, I want them to come in that gym. I'll give you an example. You've probably been in the weight room more than any of them. They're going to be, they've got a lift at 6.30 on the morning of June the 7th. Then they're going to have camp from you know, for the little kids from nine to four, be back on that floor for two hours. That'd be 11 and a half hour a day. It's one thing to get on that bench press and do 15 reps. But what if you're in a group of three and your two teammates are standing over you screaming for you? It's not about you, is it? It's not about you. I'm lifting for him. And now I'm going to get off that bench and he's going to sit down and I'm going to scream for him. So when, when you go in that gym, you're not doing it for you. You're doing it. I, I'll give you a drill. Try. You're a coach. We shoot a lot of free throws. But between every drill or in the middle of a drill, I put our entire team on the baseline. Get on the line. Kendrick, hit one for everybody. Kendrick goes to the free throw line. If he hits it, drill's over. We go to the next drill. We keep going. He misses it. We all run. Why? Who's he shooting for? He's shooting for him. Yeah. Shooting for those 15 guys and they're staring him in the eye. 
<laughs> and we just, we just, we want to play for everybody. That's, that's it. And I, I again, I know it's a different level. I, I know where we are. Uh, it's different, but I, our guys, I mean, I, I, they're incredible. And if, if I can do anything, I mean, matter of fact, I'm editing a 15 drill practice tape for this coaching clinic. I'll share it with you. I don't mind. Yeah, I'll give it to you. Uh, yes, I was going to ask if you can share. We're actually compiling it right now, and I, I'll send it to you. And and then I mean, you can just, you can have it. I don't care. I'm not I'm not selling anything. You can have. It. Can I just tell you how cool it is that Scotty Davenport is sharing information with Heisman Trophy winner Charlie Ward? <laughs> I, my day has been made. <laughs> This is awesome. I'm a fan. He played. That is incredible. He played. And you know I'm texting Al as soon as we get off here. (laughs) You know what, Charlie? I'm gonna do this for you, Charlie. I'm gonna do this for you. Coach, this is this is this is an honor of you. And that was a humble flex. (laughs) That was for you, coach. You are family now. You are family. Charlie's just happy that somebody got it besides him today. Got it. <laughs> welcome, welcome to the club. You know, I'm normally the one that gets those humble flex deals. Yeah. <laughs> you know, now I will tell you this: my guys are old school guys. They they yeah. they they study sports. When I told them, I, well, I'm going to text them in our group deal today that I was on an hour with Charlie Ward, they're going to freak out. Hey, Kendrick, will, will, will Dylan Penn go crazy? Yep. <laughs> Dylan will go crazy. Dylan is the real estate agent, right? Dylan is the real estate slash teacher, right? That's yeah. researching Allen Houston's house. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he, I think he might be my new favorite. <laughs> he, he's the most. He was now Charlie. You'll like this. He was seventh in the four hundred meters in the state of Indiana. Mm. Ice kick and fly up and down the court. Wow! It's, wow! It's amazing. He, he's, and he, he's truly, truly ambidextrous, but he he is he is so hard on himself, man. Like he mm. is. Like now, I literally will put Marm around. He is so hard on himself, but he's a joy to coach, man. I could coach Dylan Penn forever, man. He, he's going to make it. He, he's going to be a successful guy. Don't kid yourself. But I got I got a kid, C.J. Fleming's dad is his high school coach forever. I, they're all, it's a whole roster of those kind of guys. Wow. Man, it was an honor. Had, Scotty has C.J. calling me uh, Marvin Williams every time I walk – Marvin well, Lewis listen, every time listen. I walk into practice. That's listen. all Scotty's fault. I've been saying it for years. I know it, but it means – CJ don't know me from the man on the moon. And Scotty has him calling me Marvin Lewis hey, as soon as I walk Kendrick in the building. Walks into practice. CJ just turns in the middle of the drill and goes, "What's up, Marv?" <laughs> coach, Coach Kendrick is the first guy that I that I met when I got into sports journalism that I said, "Man, you don't need a Halloween costume ever again." Like you. Just <laughs> Hey, man, it was an honor, man. Thank you. It was an honor, Coach. Thank you so much for joining us today. We appreciate it. And I'm glad we can hook you guys up. You guys can be besties. All right, man. Awesome, awesome. That was Coach Scotty Davenport. 
which might be, like I said, one of my top five interviews of all time. That was incredible. And now that Charlie and Coach are besties, uh, <laughs> the sky's the limit. The sky's the limit. Uh, Charlie, you got a lot of good takeaways out of that. I appreciate the connection, of course. Um, you always learn from uh, others, especially those that have been successful, regardless of what level. So I'm grateful. I didn't get a chance to ask him this, but I'm going to ask Kendrick. I know we're about to close. But when you look at his resume and what he's accomplished, if he can have a measure of reasonable success, not necessarily a national championship, <clears throat> but just reasonable success in the next five years, why wouldn't he be making the Hall of Fame? Because, I mean, you're talking about five or six, what is it, six Final Fours on the Division Two, a championship on Division Two, assistant coach for two Hall of Famers, a, a high school national, a high school championship. It's starting to feel like you know what I mean. <laughs> you make the argument. You can make the you argument. Can make the argument. Now that now he's Division One, and like his name will be out there more. I mean, you know, it's you know, not you know, be honest, not that many people outside of our circle really know Scotty is right. But he uh, once, but now that he's D one, you know, he's gonna his name will get out there when they're eventually able to. Compete in the NCAA tournament. I mean, he'll he'll have success because the they're going to win. Tournament. They're going to so, win. Yeah, and so yeah, I mean, I can I I can I can see it down the road. I I absolutely can. Charlie, hey, you, you see, he's just great. He's just oh. he's just great people. Oh, and, yeah, I, I have fun every time I go over to their practices because half of it is him making fun of me. <laughs> who, who wouldn't want to send their kid, whether you are a parent or a coach? Who wouldn't want to send their kid to go play for that guy? I mean, geez, it's they have, they do fun stuff. They went. I went with them. They went over to this uh, place. They race go karts and throw axes. Oh my goodness! And, and Dylan Penn. <laughs> <laughs> that that was that might be one of my favorite stories of all time. Everybody else is looking at. His he Knicks fell highlight. in love with throwing axes. <laughs> so now the rest of the team was scared of him. I believe it. I believe it. Getting all these bullseyes throwing axes. I believe it. Listen, <laughs> a kid that while everybody else is looking up Alan, Al, I'm sorry, I apologize, Charlie. Al's highlights, <laughs> he's looking up his real estate investments. <laughs> that is one of the greatest stories I think I've ever heard. Uh, Charlie, you got any shout-outs before we leave? Your Knicks are playing tonight. Are you excited? I'm excited about the Knicks getting an opportunity to play. Um, uh oh, somebody's calling Charlie. You went, you went mute on us, Charlie. Uh, last night. So, there we go. So I was, uh, you know, I understood that game, uh, but you you went mute on us. So say that one more time. Uh, I said uh, a buddy's team didn't fare well last night against the Lakers. Uh, so I know they'll find a way to keep scratching and clawing. Looks yeah. like CP3 is not healthy. Yeah. Uh, so that's, you know, I, I definitely get his, his uh, I feel for him because every, seemed like every playoff right there. Yeah. run, yeah. something happens. Yeah. Um, and so this is just another notching but i think if he continues to play uh he'll he'll get over the hump one of these years i don't know what year it is but time is running out on him 
Yeah. Uh, but the Knicks, hopefully we can we can even it up, which I think we will, um, because they'll play with a little bit more force. And when it's all said and done, you still got to make shots. You got to get defensive stops and those types of things. But should be interesting. Cool, cool. You know, any other shout-outs, Charlie, uh, before we take our leave here? Any, any more buddies that had struggles in the NBA last night? No. <laughs> you we got, him shook. Right there, we got him shook now. Charlie, you can give shout-outs to your friends if you like. It's okay. <laughs> We're not always going to hit you with the button. I, don't, I, don't I think the shout-out – I think we should set a rule that the shout-out at the end is, is, is a humble flex-free zone. Is that fair, Charlie? <laughs> Okay, I mean that's fair, but I still, okay. There you go. I'm, I'm fine. Still, <laughs> I'm not sure who, who else. Now, in outside of that, Charlie, all you know, all bets are off. I'm not promising you. <laughs> I'm just letting you know. All, all right, and Let's, and that bet the record show we let you slide. Early. We let you slide today. We absolutely let you slide today, Kendrick. I didn't do anything. I think we should just hit him with one just for no, 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 no. <laughs> just for show consistency. Kendrick, Kendrick loves Kendrick. Love Kendrick's obsessed with it. I think I, I'm a little, I'm a little more conservative, but Kendrick is, <laughs> he is too. <laughs> Kendrick, you, Kendrick, you got any shout outs you want to give before we go? Um. No, not really. I mean, you know, shout out to Scott uh, Davenport for joining yeah. us today. He, he was awesome. He's, let's say, he's one of my favorite people oh, on earth and yeah. my favorite people to cover. I, we cover them all the time, and you know, he's fun. And he's he, on Oaks Day. He has he has some of the alumni or whatever out there at the track, and I hang out with them in between uh, live shots and all that stuff. And they're always good people. And Scotty's like saying he's. Just one of those salt of the earth kind of people. So shout out to him. Shout out to Bellman University because yeah. I mean, they're doing big things over there. I mean, but, I mean, he played, he downplayed it today, but them playing in Freedom Hall is huge. That is big. <laughs> yeah. And so they they uh they moved in there, and that was one of those things where they kind of found out at the last minute that they were going to be able to do it because they had been renovating Knights Hall where they've been playing. Forever, so they still practice in Knights Hall. They only practice in Freedom Hall like the day before the games or whatever. Yeah, but to come in there and to move up to Division One and in the first year finish second place in in the conference, that's that's amazing. That is amazing. <laughs> that's amazing. Listen, I I am I am I've always been a Scotty Davenport fan. I am an even bigger Scotty Davenport Port fan after today. He is. Just a, you can hear it, you can feel it. Uh, just a brilliant and genuine, and you know it's amazing. And I and I and I think you guys appreciate this well. You know, coach talk when you hear it, and you go, "Ah, that's a lot of coach talk." You never feel that with him. You're going, "This is how he really feels." Like this, oh, yeah, he's coming like, from the heart. Every time. This is not just yeah, everything's from the heart. Yeah. He and by the way, going forward, Division One recruiting, he's got to lead with that with that locker room story that he just told, that's got to be like the start of every recruiting trip he takes. <laughs> that I, He had me on the edge of my seat. I'm like, really? <laughs> that's, that's, that's a great story. So anyway, man, this, this podcast is going to be up today. So that's awesome. People will get a chance to hear it. No, no, it won't. It'll be up tomorrow. What am I doing? It'll be up tomorrow. 
But for those of you that uh, I'm going to repost this again, because I just want to hear, I want people to hear this uh, interview. I just think this is, like I said, one of my top five favorite interviews I've ever done. And uh, man, just a genuine Jimmy human being. And then just to see the joy, the pure joy that Charlie Ward had asking questions. That that for me was the moment. Like Charlie Ward is asking Scotty Davenport questions about coaching. This is really cool. <laughs> so That's cool. well, because Charlie, you've been around the best, bro. You've been around the best. Not right. like you haven't, you know, and you're saying, Man, I don't have enough, I don't have the ego that I can't ask another great coach how that he does it. That's a, that says a lot about who you are, Charlie Ward. That's the main reason you didn't get the humble flex today, by the way. Well, I appreciate it, but I'm not <laughs> sure. I mean, you never get to a point where you can't learn from other people, especially if they're older and been around longer. Well, you shouldn't. <laughs> you shouldn't. But we we all know that's not necessarily true. <laughs> <laughs> we all know that's that thing. So until we do it again now next Monday, that is Kendrick Haskins. That's Charlie Ward. I'm Lloyd Spence. We are out of here. listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform check us out at believe.com and search for b-l-e-a-v on youtube